Terry, welcome to Boss. Thanks for having me. I've, I've been watching this on LinkedIn for years. I'm glad to actually be on. Thank you for inviting me. I love it so much. And now we're a podcast too. So that happens in the last few weeks, which is super exciting. For anyone who has not seen Boss yet, Boss is my amazing executive interview series on LinkedIn that is now a podcast. I interview my incredible network to help others learn, network, and pay it forward. First, pull things back for me. I'm a father of four, which might be evident very soon because two of them are home right now. So you might hear them running around in the background. I'm also a business development consultant, and that involves helping entrepreneurs and solopreneurs build their brand and revenue. Also a podcast host and a staff writer for Entrepreneur Magazine. But before all that, I was just like a lot of people listening, probably. I worked in corporate at Facebook, as well as Adobe as a digital marketing consultant, and also taught at General Assembly for digital marketing courses, which is where I met you. That was my next question. We worked on so many projects and enterprise partnerships in digital marketing for various clients over the years, and it was so much fun. Yeah, it was great, especially as an, an emerging entrepreneur to have some kind of home base that you can go to. Everybody knows you and just like you feel comfortable because often, especially back then, you're just like walking around Manhattan, you know, trying to find your next client. I credit General Assembly for my success during the pandemic because even while I was there, I was doing some remote courses and people thought that was weird back then, but all of a sudden that became like a highly sought after skill, knowing how to engage people on, on Zoom. Tell everyone a little bit more. You started to talk about your story, how you got to where you are now, but pull it back even further for me. I would say at first I was following a path that just seemed like a good fit based on everything I'd seen, you know, on TV and society and everything, climb the corporate ladder and all that good stuff. So I went to business school because I couldn't get a real job. So I got the MBA and had various jobs uh, initially, like early in my career, but never really felt like I fit in. I always felt like there's something else I should be doing. And I remember with one of my managers, I was talking to her and I was thinking, I never want her job. Everyone else did. I looked around, I'm like, I don't want anyone's job here, including mine. And as a result of that, I moved to New York City, just hoping for something different. And I got that. But as soon as I got into corporations after like a few months, sometimes six, I was like, ah, oh, I got the itch to like leave. And there was this, this guilt around it because I'm at, I'm at Facebook and this is back when it's like, Hey, that was the spot to be. It wasn't until I, I left to start my own business that I really felt like I had full autonomy and control and was excited about my work again. But it was a difficult 10 years because I always had good jobs, but just didn't enjoy them. So I felt ungrateful <laughs> and uh, didn't see a way out until I created one. Did you know any other people who had taken that path? Were you able to talk to anybody? I didn't. I had some experience with consulting because in 2009, I got laid off and I was out of work for like five months. So I did some consulting on the side and I always planned on keeping that going uh, as, as a side gig. But you know how it goes. You get busy with corporate life. I figured, I'm like, oh, you have an MBA and you know how to do marketing. It's going to be great. It was not great at all uh, because I didn't have that skill. But I read this book by uh, by Dory Clark called Entrepreneurial You. And that is really the blueprint I used to build my business. So shout out to Dory, who's now a friend. But it wasn't until I found her as a mentor that things really started to click. How did you scale it? You do so much on LinkedIn. How did you figure it out? Some of it was still by accident, and I'll give you a really good story about that. Initially, I was helping individuals grow their business through marketing, right? So some companies are actually pretty big. A lot were pretty small. But this private equity company reached out to me one time, and they said, hey, we're about to buy this company for like $40 million. Can you do some kind of audit to make sure there's nothing shady going on with their digital marketing? 
And any like junior level digital marketer can do an audit, right? It's going to take like three hours, charge a couple hundred bucks for it. But I thought to myself, well, heck, if they're about to spend $40 million on this company, my information is going to help them either feel confident doing that or save them $40 million by saying, don't do it. So instead of charging like 500 bucks, I said, oh, that'll be $10,000. Yeah. And I said, okay. And that's when I realized that the value of your knowledge is contextual. So if you want to make more money, just change the context. And I kept on looking to put myself in context in the situations where my that my knowledge is worth more and I could charge more as well. So that was really the key turning point there when I realized I could do the same work and get paid a lot more money just by changing who I'm talking to. Yeah, they don't want a $40 million mistake, right? And they ended up not buying the company too. So I guess I scared them away. <laughs> what trends are you seeing across the business landscape right now? I think one trend we're seeing is just friction between management and employees in regards to work. Like where does work have to take place and where are the boundaries that we've established during the pandemic and want to extend past that? The organizations that realize you have to reward your stars and give them the autonomy to work on their own terms to an extent, they're going to win. But the ones who are saying you have to come back to the office at least four days a week, so on and so forth. Well, the people that leave, they had options, right? Because they're talented. The people that stay are like, okay, I'll just do what you say. We hear all these reports about employees moonlighting and have a side gig and everything. And like, oh, that's a bad thing. I disagree because high performers can work 40 hours a week on one thing and 10 on another and still be okay. But if you tell them, oh, you cannot explore your curiosity and your passion, you have to only do this one thing. Again, they're going out the door as well. From a digital marketing trend or advice perspective, what are the top one or two things that you pe think people just have to know? You have to understand your audience, right? It's beyond just the persona. It's like what's going on in their head, the psychographics. If you can't communicate with your audience effectively on their level and show some kind of understanding and emotional intelligence, you're in trouble. Post-2020, people are more introspective and they're thinking, okay, what does this brand mean to me? Does it reflect my values and in, in things that I'm more aligned with as opposed to ones that are just like selling products and services? It's really just keeping... Like not thinking B to C or B to B, it's business to human. Mm -hmm. And the brands that can go B to H, we'll call it that, <laughs> business to human, are the ones that are win versus the ones that are just trying to throw stuff at the wall still and see what happens. I really like that. What advice would you give to your 20-year-old self or people just starting out in new roles right now? Well, gosh, when I was 20, you don't even want to talk to me. There are so many things I would have to correct. But I'll say for the average 20-year-old, it's this. I mean, it's maintain your curiosity and realize that even the learning path someone has right in front of you may not be the one for you, or you might have to augment that with some additional learning. There's this quote by Warren Buffett, and I, I'll try not to botch it. Formal education will make you a living, but self-education will make you a fortune. So mm -hmm. I think if you just spend time just learning independently, that skill is so valuable, but you're going to make yourself a more complete person and be much more valuable to the market as well. Yeah, which is why everyone needs to be listening to the New Boss podcast and all of your podcasts as well. Clearly. I go back and listen to so many of the interviews that I've done because I wish I had this advice when I was 20 years younger. And the, the other thing I would say is some of the stuff that seems like a big deal right now yeah. really isn't. I mean, I failed plenty of classes. I'm still here, right? I've been dumped plenty of times. I'm still here. And if you can think to yourself, will this really matter in five years? And we can say that now because we're older you'll you'll be able to like just be less reactive to some of the, the the challenges you might face in your life. There's a study out of Cornell, especially in regards to worry, where it revealed that 85% of the things that you worry about never actually happen. 
And the same study revealed the 15% of time that it did happen, 79% of people said it either wasn't that bad or they learned something from it. So there's a very slim chance the thing that you're worrying about is going to be detrimental to your future. <laughs> and you might just learn something from it. What question should I be asking that I haven't asked you yet? What is the missing link between successful people and those that waste their time, energy, and talent? And the answer would be mindset. Because to be great at anything, you need only need three, three, three levels. Take the right actions, use the right tool, leverage the right mindset. Unfortunately, we overemphasize the first two and don't spend nearly enough on the last. So having a growth mindset, which we all heard about before, but also an exponential mindset, which I think is even more powerful. And an exponential mindset is instead, instead of saying like, hey, I'm going to grow my business 10% this year, I'm going to grow it 10x this year. And just realizing that you might have to blow up current models that you have for, with your business or your, you know, your life in order to achieve that. But one of my favorite quotes by uh, George Bernard Shaw is this, reasonable people adapt themselves to the world. Unreasonable people expect the world to adapt to them. Therefore, all progress is made by unreasonable people. So I would encourage people just to be less reasonable because that's how you use that exponential mindset and get even greater outcomes. It's really smart. Speaking of smart, any advice for anyone launching a new podcast like me? Just create good content and get clear on your outcomes and don't spend a bunch of money on gear like I did because you don't need that stuff out the gate. <laughs> well, I guess good because I actually don't have a microphone. <laughs> I recently tried editing on Descript and like mind blown because I was editing everything on iMovie and all of a sudden I was doing it three times faster. Yeah, Descript is a, it's, it's a tool that we use almost every day in my business. My, my, my team normally uses it for my videos and for my podcast, but yeah, I, I love it. I, I can't speak highly enough about it. Oh, and that's how you pronounce it. Descript. I have been calling it Descript. That's good to know too. <laughs> well, tomato is a model, you know, let's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll look that up later. One thing you'll commit to do in 2023 to help pay it forward. Share more helpful content. Will you share this episode on your social as I release this boss episode into the world? Has anyone ever said no to that question or, or what? No, well, it's a new question, but um, not yet. Okay. No. <laughs> okay, so I'll be the first. No, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's the point of being on these. It's not just like the Terry Rice show. It's like, how can I share with other people? Because you, you have a great message. Like, I'm not just saying that to, you know, be polite or anything. Like, I, I watch your show. And if I can be a part of, you know, spreading the message to other people, I'm happy to do so. I love that. Thanks, Terry.